go out to LA. Somebody need to do a song for LA. Straight up. Hello, my name is Elaine, and I'll be your tour guide through South Central Los Angeles. Count my nose, smoke up. I'm from California. Where you from? So what? I'm from California. California. This is Los Angeles. Where we going? Westward, what up, what up? There he is. <laughs> the man of the you hour. You got me on my phone. Huh? Yeah, you got me on the phone, not on the on the computer, but I think that's cool. Oh, because I when I when I when I put in your name, the number popped up. So I just pressed the number. Uh, maybe we on something new. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as long as it records, I can't afford for not to record. Uh, you know what? So I'm probably going to have to call you back the other way then because, <laughs> because <laughs> but I mean, if it's recording, right. if it's recording through the, if it's recording through the app, I think we should be good. I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. Matter of fact, you said we're recording right now, right? Yep. We already, we were, we were live in effect right now. Yeah. I was going to say, if you want, we could cut this and run it back or we could roll the dice. Let's roll the dice. I mean, it's, it's it sounded good so far. Oh, yeah. Let's roll. Let's, let's roll it. Bet I'm I'm all, I'm here for it. Now, so for the people out there, this is this should be a familiar voice, especially especially when we throw out that word culture, right, Reem? We throw out that word culture Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely. Right, and usually when we throw out the word culture, is is m- most of the time is related to hip hop, right? Right. It's not too many cats, and I'm and I'm being honest, I'm not embellishing or anything like that. It's not too many cats that that can sit there and talk hip hop. They could they could rap. They could talk about rap. They can talk about uh, certain tracks. They can cert- talk about certain arts. But we're talking about hip hop there's certain elements to hip hop that a lot of people have forgotten about right man okay so yeah the reason why i brought you on here is because i've been watching you reem <laughs> I appreciate that. I've been watching. I'm working you. hard. I'm working hard for that. Hey, <laughs> hey, you done, you done been in my backyard without me knowing. I said Rena slid through Cali a couple of times, man. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> he stopped by and say hi or nothing. Now, in his defense, I didn't know him at the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you want you want to, you want to know something? Let me hop in for just a second. The interaction we had when I got there, it, it threw me for a loop. See, the one thing that I've learned um, the further I, I get into podcasting is, um, especially online, it, there's a community, and it's a community feel. Mm-hmm. So when I when I got there, um, actually, my wife and I flew into, I think it's Walnut Bend or Walnut Creek or something like that. It's just right between Oakland and, and San Francisco. Right. So we stayed with a couple of friends there. We went to Oakland to hang out for a little bit um, and to experience some of the things that is not legal everywhere. Uh, we went to San Francisco for two two days. I feel like three days and two nights or something like that. We stayed in San Francisco and then we drove down the Pacific coast to get to LA. So 
I get this message from this dude named Baylor, like, oh man, I'm in Vegas. We could have met up. And I was like, how do I know Baylor? Like, let's go back. <laughs> you know, I'm scratching my head. And then I was like, yo, that was so cool because, you know, again, it's, it's that community feel, but it's not just online. Like when it's real, it's, it's real, whether it's online or in, in, in person. So, um, you know, I definitely want to big you up for making me feel welcome in a, in a sense, even without having to, you know, be there live and in person. So I appreciate that. Yeah, man, because like, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that I expect it from everybody that I meet with if I come to their city, but if you come here and I have the time, man, we got to go get a waffle and a chicken. You know what I mean? Like, we got to go to the Fox Hills Mall and just, you know, just chop it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we got spots like that here in Houston. Um, my thing is, shout out to uh, the Breakfast Club here. You know, if if people, if you're from out of town and people don't bring you to the Breakfast Club to, to have, you know, something to eat, then I feel like either they don't want to be seen with you or they don't love you like that anyway. Mm, that's a harsh reality you know? right there. That's all I got sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's why, yeah, man. and that's why that's why I wanted you on because the the key word that was said right there was reality, and yes. I don't honestly the when we talk about black culture, I, it, it's in our DNA that that we have a lot of hip hop traits. You know what I mean. And so I created this show, and I told I told Reem off the record prior to this recording. Uh, I think it was earlier this week that I I don't I don't write down notes or anything for my shows or anything like that because it's it's my experience, it's my lifestyle. But I wanted to strategically like make this episode because I wanted to be. I wanted to to feel like hip hop, you know what I mean? Like like we was going yeah. in, the, in in the studio and making a track. Um, so without further ado, please introduce yourself to to I don't I don't have a, a name for my listeners or or anything like that yet, but it'll get there. I'm not that big, <laughs> but it'll get there. But you know, for the listeners out there, let them know where you're from, what you're about, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, cool. Um, so this voice is Kareem Sean of the International Reem Supreme Show. Um, let me see. I'm from New York. I'm born and raised in New York. Um, I've lived here in Houston for uh, maybe about 18 years, 19 years now. Um, so since 2002. Um, I'm originally from Long Island. You know, my family is scattered all over New York. Um, so, you know, we kind of got the boroughs covered when it comes to like Queens, a lot of my family live in Queens. Um, you know, going back a little bit, my mother's side of the family pretty much migrated from, um, uh, Florence, uh, South Carolina and moved to Brooklyn. So a lot of my family is, is, is in Brooklyn as well. And then from there, you know, everybody just kind of branches out and, you know, you stay connected. And, you know, I started really getting into hip hop at a, at a really young age just because, you know, it, it was, it was there. Like I couldn't, couldn't run from that. You know what I'm saying? You see the trains go by and you see the, the, the cars go by that, that are really, you know, fly, you know, these cars had kits on them and 
spoilers and you know if you had a volvo you had volvo you know on the on the front windshield or if you had a jetta you had jetta on the front of it a jetta on the side of it like it, it was a really fly time and as a kid you know a curious kid you just like yo you know what is all of this you know what i mean and you, you just want to get into it so i remember being i couldn't have been any more than like nine ten years old when my cousin riri gave me run dmc the album you know, and I'm a son of a DJ, so I had all of these records in, 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 in our apartment that I couldn't touch. But this one was mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I grew up on sucker MCs. You know, I know that song like the back of my head. Um, you know, and Run DMC are uh, definitely one of my superheroes when it comes to, to rap, well, when it comes to hip hop. Um, so, you know, just being there, um, just being around my family. You know, I remember being in Far Rockaway, Queens and walking through Ocean Village when I was like 10 years old and hearing Rakim, just being blasted through, through all, all the projects, just hearing, you know, his, his music and being like, yo, I, I, it's, just, it's like I knew what, what dope was already. Um, from that point, I would start watching a video show called Video Music Box. Shout out to Ralph McDaniels, um, and God bless him that he's still in the game today. But he had a uh, he has a video show called Video Music Box, and I was started watching this. You know, again early. This is all around the same time, and you know I would see videos like Black Sheep. Uh, I would see videos from Saw and Pepper, from Big Daddy Kane, and you know Heavy D and the Boys, and you know you just. You're just amazed, right? Because it's not my mom's music, right? It's not Luther Vandross. It's not Teddy Pendergrass. It ain't, you know, it's, it's, it's so different. And you see the style that kind of comes along with these different um, artists. You know, Big Daddy Kane was real, real fly. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and the silk suit and all of that. You know what I'm saying? MC Shan. MC Shan was fly, but he was fly in the Puma suits and the Puma sneakers. You know what I mean? So you you start to learn that the 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 artists that are representing these these boroughs were really representing different worlds at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I would discover that when I turned thirteen. Because at, at 13, I was allowed to start traveling from one place to another. So it would take me probably a little over two and a half hours to use public transportation to get from um, Long Island all the way out to Queens, right? Or even out to Brooklyn or wherever. And when you use the public transportation because you're broke, or it's just more convenient, right? You you see things. So I remember going through um, a town called Lindbrook to get from, um, to get through Long Island to get to Queens. And I, I promise you, there's an intersection. The bus is the N31, N32, if I'm not mistaken. And it runs through this, through this, this area to this intersection where when you cross that light, you literally go from being in the suburbs around white picket fences and big old houses to now you see billboards for Newport, billboards for Old English wow. and project buildings and you see the guy sleeping on the corner over there. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's literally a street 
in between these, these two different worlds. So it makes you question like, yo, why do we live like this? Why do we represent like this? Why is this in my neighborhood and it's not over there? And it, you know, we'll get into all that later. But when, when I started to realize like dudes from Queens didn't dress like dudes from Brooklyn. And dudes from Brooklyn didn't dress like dudes from Harlem. And, it, and, and the mentalities were different as well, right? So it, it made the culture very unique because in this culture, because that's basically what we're discussing, you have individuality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important. You know, on our show, we do, um, we do like a skit of sorts called the 10 Things I Can't Be Fly Without. And that's not to brag, but it's to celebrate your individuality, who you are. And it's, it's really a, a sense of self-love at the same time because you're embracing what it is that makes you cool. You're not telling anyone, yo, you got to go do this or you got to go do that. But, you know, again, you just want to you just want to represent your, your level of cool. So, um, you know, again, you know, just going to different places. um, seeing different things and, and seeing how different these, these different boroughs were and the music that was coming from it. See, at the time, we're discussing the late 80s to the early 90s right now. And during this time in our culture, you couldn't bite off of nobody. You couldn't lift you know, a couple of bars from somebody's verse and put it in your verse. Nah. That was like the the worst thing that you can absolutely do. No, you no, had to we, be able. We gonna we gonna run up on you at school and say, "Yo, bro, we know where you got that from." Yo, like like Run said. Yo, I just made this motherfucker up last night. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, to, to fast forward a bit, um, I would move here to Houston in two thousand two, um. You know, I'm 20 years old. No, 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 2002. I'm like 23 at the time. I've moved to Houston twice. I've moved here in 2000 for like nine months. I went back to New York for a year and a half. I came back. And when I came back, Houston was popping. Yeah. You know, this is like when Slim Doug was, was doing his um, his major label stuff and Paul Wall was, was out here big and Mike Jones was out here big. You know, the, the city was popping at the time. But for me, it was like, it was a culture shock. You know, everything that was hot, you know, we were like, yo, this shit is hot. Down here, they'd be like, it's cold, man. It's, that's, that's some cold beats or whatever. You know, it was just such a fucking culture shock. You know, the clubs in New York don't close till like 5 in the morning. Out here, they're kicking you out at like 2.15 in the morning. Yep. Um, you know, the, the, the city is a lot slower than it is in New York. And I, I'll never forget, I, I, I wish I remembered this kid's name because he'd probably be famous by now. But there was a kid that lived in my apartment complex, and he was like, "Yo, you from New York?" I was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Well, no, man, I ain't never been outside Texas, and man, yo, what is it like in New York? And yo, what's the music like?" And I was like, "Oh, yo, what you know about like Mob Deep and 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 Boot Camp Click, and you know, what do you know about this group and this group?" And he gave me this weird look, like, "Who the fuck is they?" <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, "You don't know who these people are." And he's like, yo, you don't know about South Park Mexican or Little Kiki or um, or Hawk or Zero. And I'm looking at him the same way he was looking at me. I'm like, who the fuck is they? So that immediately not only you know gave me that culture shock, but it also helped me to realize that 
hip hop is also very regional. So the superstars that I'm naming, that's all in the source magazines and, you know, all in the videos. This dude down here has no idea. But then when I turn on the radio, these dudes are getting played the same way Jay-Z getting played out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's almost like you got to respect it. And then with me being a hip-hop head that I am, I can't just not like something to not like it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I want to be impressed, but I also want to be fit. So I started to really listen to what these guys were saying and how they were saying it. And I was like, you know what? These dudes is actually kind of dope, man. And they in their own lane. You know, it took a, it, I was always jealous over um, dudes who, who uh, you know, people who grew up in the Midwest. Because in this time frame and, you know, in the, in the 90s, we're so East Coast that, you know, again, you got to impress us for us to even kind of like you. Right. Right. And, um, you know, everywhere else, like, you know, my wife is from Michigan. Um, you know, I got friends from Chicago, friends from, uh, from, from Louisiana. And what I think was so dope for y'all, even on the West coast, that you guys had more of an open mind and an open ear. So I missed the whole, um, oh man, Bum B and Pimp C. Um, UGK. Yeah, I missed the whole UGK thing. Mm-hmm. Even after they did Big Pimp, and I was like, all right, that record is cool. <laughs> and I never paid him another, I, I didn't give him another chance. And then I heard um, Stepping on Scissor. Mm-hmm. And Bun murders that, oh my God, that's one of Bun's best verses ever. I don't care what anybody say. His flow, his content, the way that he was riding the track, still ain't paid him dudes no attention. Because I was too busy focused on whatever was popping in, in New York. Like, yo, all right, that's cool. You know, or, or maybe Common. You know, I was, I'm was i a huge Common fan. So if you ain't get to that level with me, I didn't pay it no mind. It took a dude, it took my man, may God bless his soul, uh, sitting me down and being like, nah, you're going to listen to this UGK. You're going you're gonna to get this UGK today, bro. <laughs> and I'll be damned, man. Like now, you know, I can't ever talk about hip hop without talking about them. Not just because of the mark they made on their own in the culture, but because I took the time to listen to them, yeah, and to study them, and to really get their vibe at the end of the day. And that's why I can always rock with them because they're official. You, you know what? I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that, and I'm glad. I'm glad as a, a cat from the East Coast to be honest about uh, opening it up to different parts of hip hop because when when you say like no, nah, I was over here focused on the heavy hitters that we had over here. I wasn't even paying them no mind. Like y'all literally had to impress us. That's where uh-huh. that's where the and you can hear it. You can more so hear it in Ice Cube's voice a lot. If you pay attention to Ice Cube, you can hear the anger and frustration in some of his tracks because as a cat from L.A., all we did was listen to, we listened to everybody. But more so, we li- like, let me tell you, uh, to be honest with you, New York Cats is like that cousin that we just wanted to impress. That's exactly that's exactly, like when you like when when you came over when 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 Auntie brought you over and we was happy he was like and we we showed you around the block like yo this is my cousin from New York you know what I'm saying like it was different 
So yeah. so when we had the East Coast versus West Coast, the the bad boy versus Defro, it was more of a yo bro like y'all need to come on now like cuz we listen to you know my 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 brother I'm just my older brother and my older cousin, shout out to my cousin Jerry, shout out to my brother Dewan. They the ones that put me on Redman. They the ones that put me on Wu-Tang. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Deep, we was listening, you know. I'm we we up in we up in Toys R Us, like still in little toys, still in little Transformers, like listening to, listening to Wu Tang, listening to Method Man. You know what I'm saying? Back in high school, I remember one of my one of my albums, one of the albums that that's near and dear to my heart because I went and rode my bike in December in the rain <laughs> to go to go get and then and then there was X. I got that, and I played that every away game, every away game in high school. I'm talking about I dog my CD player over that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when it came to certain artists, like we listen to that. I talk, I, I argue with cats not only just from that. That's just a part of the culture around the world, but I argue with cats from New York that I don't see how LL don't get enough love. Like literally, I think he should be if not if not in the top three, he should be the number one cat in the Mount Rushmore. Because when I woke up in the morning and I seen him on TV and I heard his voice, I'm like, yo, this nigga is powerful. The Kango hat, you know what I'm saying? The jumpsuit. Yeah. And I'm like, that's all I knew. Hip hop to me was LL Cool J. That's what hip hop was to me. So when I don't hear his name enough, when I don't hear his name enough, I'm like, I don't under, I don't understand this at all. Like, like I, Reem, you got to help me out because, because. I, I, I can, um, I can help you out greatly. Um, first off, uh, I wanted to be LL Cool J. Like I, I wanted, I, I wanted, uh, I wanted, Reem, I wanted Reem. to have the. Uh, Reem, real quick, I'm gonna let you finish. Yeah. But at 37, you can ask my wife right now. Every Halloween, when when Halloween comes up, as a grown man, my wife asked me, "What are we going to be?" I said, "I need my can. I, I want to be LL Cool J. I want to walk around outside with my shirt off, with a rope chain, and I'm dead serious." But you can continue. Oh man, yeah, I, I wanted to be LL Cool J straight up. I, I wanted that Cool J ring so bad, B. Um, I wanted to be LL. I wanted to have the the smooth but toughness of, of, of Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, even down to rocking the Big Daddy Kane haircut at the time with with the cuts all in the part and shit. Like, you know, they they they, they were our, our our heroes. I think what ends up happening is. All right, take this with a grain of salt. In hip hop, we're the only culture that don't really advance. And what I mean by that is, if you take rock, right, which we started that, but if you take rock, rock has so many different um, like subcategories. You know, you got alternative rock, heavy metal, this and this and this. Like it, it branches off. Right. Hip hop is the only cult. Well, yeah, it's the only real culture of music that doesn't do that. It's either it's and, and, and I'm part of the blame. I'm gonna be honest. My generation is part of that blame because we were the ones arguing and fighting over what's hip hop and what's not. Right. So even before or actually after the East Coast West Coast beef, 
we would beat you with the South. We were mad because the South started winning. You see what I'm saying? Because we 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 want to keep it in this one little box. And unfortunately, hip hop is seen as a young man's game. But if you think about it, we're talking about a culture that's just as old as we are. Like you're 37, I'm 40. Hip hop really got popping in 77, 78. Really, we could date it back to 76. This is a culture that was birthed in the hood. It was birthed in the projects. It was, yo, I got a couple of records. I'm fucking bored. What do you want to do? Well, man, throw them records on, man, and put that speaker out, out in, the, in, the, in the window, bro. We're going to go downstairs and have some fun. Fuck, we're going to go on the basketball court. I got a couple of dollars, man. You know what I mean? We go get some sausages and something, put them on the barbecue. You know what I mean? This is what hip-hop was. And the reason why it got so big so fast in the 70s is because there was a blackout in New York City in 1977. And by then, there's already a transition going between disco and hip-hop, where disco is falling off and hip-hop is bubbling. It's, it's still a, a, a real low-level street thing at this time. Well, a whole bunch of people went looting, and what did they go get? Turntables. They got leather jackets. Leather <laughs> they got, jackets. You they gotta got, have a leather jacket. You know what I'm saying? They got angles. They went and got sneakers. Like, the next day, everybody was a DJ and everybody was fresh. You see what I'm saying? So this is where the culture started. So we're talking about, you know, again, a culture that's less than 60 years old. If you, you know, if you really want to slice it or dice it. So it's still looked at as a young man's game. So... Unfortunately, LL goes into, can we argue him being on Mount Rushmore? Yeah, yeah, I can see that argument. But the reason why we don't look at him as the GOAT that he is, is because of that mentality first, that is a young man's game and, you know, you got to be young and, and fly. And going back to what I said a little while ago about hip-hop, in my eyes, changing, is you still got MCs like JV. Um, you got hell. You got Rick Ross. You you got a lot of these dudes that are now teetering 45, 50 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck, they're already fifty, right? Yeah, right. The beauty of it now is we still celebrate our, our the MCs that we love. I mean, hell, the Jungle Brothers just put out a new album. Man. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to do tremendous, right? right? But they still put out an album. There's still an audience for that. So, and Peppa is, is, is touring today because we haven't forgotten. You know what I'm saying? Even though we keep it a whole buck, Salt and Peppa is not my generation. That's, that's the, the, you know, my older brother and that's them. You know what I mean? Mm. So, when you take acts like Salt and Peppa, um, Big Daddy Kane still touring, Ms. Marky is still touring. And then you couple that with a Jay-Z that's still touring, a Nas is still touring, right? And then you start getting these, what I consider to me, what I consider to be grown man bars. You know, I still get albums from Common. Love Common. Be a huge Common fan. Still getting albums from him. Still getting albums from, um, yo, Tribe Called Quest. Right. God bless Fight. If Tribe was still, you know, if Tribe was still, you know, if Fight was still here, I would go see them at the House of Blues in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I, 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 just, I just went to go see uh, the locks. I went to go see the locks about three, 
maybe four years ago, and I felt I felt like a little kid all over again when I when I got to meet um you know Jada Styles like in person, like up close in person. And shake their hands, bro. That made me feel like, and you know what? And I wasted. I I ain't gonna say I wasted, but I bought. I made sure I bought the VIP tickets or whatever. And it was only me and my boy up there with like a couple of other people. Everybody else was down below and had better access during the show. But but after the show, I I rushed downstairs and I was the first on Jada. I. I just need to be right here, bro. Just here's my shirt. Whatever you selling, I'm buying. You ride on it. I've never worn that shirt. It's still in the closet. Mm. Yeah. I would do a photo shoot in that shirt. That's just me. <laughs> you know what the crazy part is? Sheik, Sheik and Styles signed on one side and Jada signed on the other side. And I and my wife was like, well, you should frame it. I'm like, but the thing is, it won't, you know. That. I yeah. I got it, and that was that was the most important thing. I got video and pictures and stuff like that. One of the best days of my life. But yeah, I, I got it. You know, go ahead. Oh, I wanted to ask you real quick. What's your favorite Ice Cube album? Hmm. Ooh. Um. In mm, I. That's a tough one, bro. Nobody has ever asked me that question. <laughs> Nobody has ever asked me that. Like, I, I'm wow. Out of all my years, um, I'm gonna throw, um, I'm gonna throw myself under the bus. My favorite Ice Cube album is Death Certificate by Fall. Okay, by Fall. okay. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. I might, I might. I mean, my brother, my brother, it killed me. Um, Predator. Um, I might have to go Warren. Warren Peace was one of my favorite albums. Mm. Warren Peace was one of my favorite albums, and I end up I end up losing I end up losing the war part. Somebody stole it actually, uh, but that was one of my favorite albums. Uh, I was a huge West Side Connection fan early on. Um, my brother did. Like pound um, death certificate in my head because that's all. Like <laughs> when, it, when it came to like this, this is this is my hip hop background. It was Ice Cube. It was a lot of Red Man. It was a lot of Wu Tang. Um, that because that's what they was listening to. And then as I got older, you know, the Dog Pound crept in there. Um, Jay Z, a lot of Jay Z, a lot of Nas. A lot of big, even through the even through the the midst of the battles between the coast, um, those guys were in heavy rotation, especially Jay. Um, and Jay is not even Jay is not in my top five because I'm the type of person that pay respect to my to my elders, and so like LL could never be out of my top five because he was one of okay. the first images that I seen like. And I can't, I can't do him like that. He, he is like Pac is in my top five, but Pac will go before LL Cool J. You know what I mean? Because if it wasn't for LL Cool J, I'm not sure who that image would have been. And I'm on the West Coast, so right. so when when I when I came up with this whole concept of uh, Reams Hip Hop Closet, I wanted to know like, as soon as you open up, your, as soon as you open up your closet, what's gonna fall out? And when I open up mine, it's going to be 
LL Cool J, I'm bad. You know what I'm saying? Because when he um he showed the style, he showed the the charisma, and then he went from and he 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 wouldn't he talk like his game was like talking tough, but then he would sit up there and say, I need love. And I'm like, yo, this nigga's probably the ultimate and, balance. And that's, why I see, and that's why I see Drake as an LL Cool J. Um, I thought, yo, I'm, let me hit you over the head with this one. I thought that Young Bird was going to be the next LL Cool J for like three seconds. <laughs> hey, yo, Young Straight Bird. <laughs> yo, he, he had the complexion. He, he basically had... um. He basically had LL style with the hat, you know what I mean, and everything. And I was like, you know, I see, I see his his his, his influence. And then, you know, when Drake came out, um, what was his first mixtape? That that you know that one that blew him was up. Was it Marvin's uh, Room or some shit like that? Nah, it was after that. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I'm I'm probably when it comes to Drake, I'm probably the least, you know. Yeah, you don't want to ask me. I, I, I try to hang in there, but I feel like Drake took that blueprint too of being able to talk slick, but also cross over and and, and grab the women's attention. I, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I I like that, I like that uh that approach that he has, but I've always had a I've always had an issue with Drake, and it it really flared up after the Pusha T uh, beef because to me. Like, Drake is going to be cemented in hip-hop history. We already know that. But I don't think he should ever touch the top 10, me personally. It's hard not to give him a top 10. Well, it's not that hard, actually. Uh, if we're talking about... If we're talking about his career overall, then you have a strong argument about his status. But... We gotta go. We gotta go overall. I can't. I can't pick and choose what to leave out. Everything has to be added up. Well, no. Well, so what I mean is, if we're just talking about most of the time when people are talking about their top ten, their top fives, or whatever, they're really talking about their pen game. You know what I'm saying? How dope they are and how long they've been dope. Like Jadakiss. You know, Jadakiss to me is is an artist who is now in the grown man rap section, right? Mm -hmm. And, it's based, and I'm not going to front. It's based on age and longevity in the game. He's, you know, he's been doing this shit for 20 years. All right, cool. You grown man bars now. But even with Jada, let's just call it what it is. He can't make a dope album. No, he, can't make a, he can't make a dope album to the people. He can't make a dope album to people that's under us. No, just point blank, period. And, and this is this is not a shot at him. This is just being honest. Buster Rhymes is like that. Buster Rhymes ain't had a dope album like all the way through. It's probably his first one in the coming. Jada's best album all the way through is probably his first one. Kiss the game goodbye. Kiss the game goodbye. And even that was filled with hard street content. You see what I'm saying? So... When we think about who our top fives are, we're thinking about bar for bar. So going back to Drake, I can't put you up there because there's way too many there's way too many radio songs. I'm not even going to call them girl songs. There's just way too many radio songs for me to have to weed out and then base your 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 pen game on this, and then 
you're going to always have this thing in a, in a, in a hip hop purist's eyes because now your, your pen has been questioned by having other writers write for you. Yeah, that's and that's and the more that started to, right, and the more that that started to come to light, the more I started to lose respect for other artists, just like Kanye. Like once I realized Kanye had all of these different writers, I'm like, dude, this, okay. Like now it's like a posse album, mm-hmm. <laughs> and in a sense. You know, like, don't get me wrong. I know that um, that Consequence helped him out greatly. Um, I know that, uh, oh, God, what's my man from out the shot? But you you, you, can, you can hear Consequence when you hear Kanye, though. That's what I'm saying. You can hear him. Right. But, there, you know, there's so many other people that get that credit. So why am I going to put him above West Side Gun that I know he pins all of his shit. He may not be the better lyricist, but I ain't never got to question his his pen. I ain't got to question Conway. That's a but Reem, that you start you you walking into a whole different. That's a whole totally different like level of, of arguing right there because you can always you can always uh, uplift the the ghostwriter. The ghostwriter will always have an upper hand. I, I, you know how many times I can hear Gilly the Kid when I listen to Little Wayne, the second Little Wayne. You know, but he, see, he's he's another one with a with a question pen. You see what I'm saying? The Ghostwriters that I like, you know, and I don't know every song that they wrote, but Jada Kid is in that discussion. Um, Jay Z is in that discussion. Yes, I remember. I remember the moment I found out that he wrote "Still Dre" for Drake. Yeah, that's crazy. Huh? Yeah, I was like, what? Oh, now don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think Dre write any of this shit. None of it. I think Eminem writes all his shit. I think Snoop has wrote a lot of his shit. You know what I mean? It's yeah. in the camp, but I don't expect Dre to to give me bars. I expect Dre to give me rhythm, beats, and he's just going to flow on top of it to to keep it cool. Right. I'm, I'm not. not gonna I'm not going to make. I'm not gonna make an excuse for Dre, but at the same at the same time, Dre is a producer, and nine times out of ten, whoever he's on a track with, that's most likely the person that wrote for him. Because you can hear it, you know. Um, but you know, I'm hey, yo on on the side. Let me know if I'm bugging, but I said Jada Kiss is probably one of the most dominant cats that ever came out of New York. I have Jada. I got now. When I when I say this, I'm not talking about career wise. I'm talking about talent wise. I'm talking about pen wise. I think Jada Kiss. I, agree. I think Jada Kiss is over a lot of cats, a lot, including the you obvious. Know what's so dope, you know what's so dope about Jada, man? Is you'll be hard pressed to ever find a whack verse, and and, exactly. and this is what it comes down to in any top you know MC discussion. Now the only way, and I've tried. Oh, I've tried. Straight up. I've tried. And the only way that I can make it make sense is if I compare Jada to Jada. Mm. That's it. Like, I, if you compare him to anyone else, you're just not going to get it. And what makes Jada so special is not necessarily what he's saying. It's how he says the shit and the yes. voice to go with it. Like, you, you can't mistake his voice for anyone else. And then once he starts going in, you're like, I mean, fuck it with this boy. Like, leave that man alone. It's his, <laughs> it's his, it's his description alone. Like, 
he he is a artist, and I'm not talking about a hip hop artist. He is literally an artist that can create on a blank canvas. He once told me, he said, I'm Project Elevator Hallway Nasty. I smelled that whole hallway, Reem. I know what that hallway smelled like. <laughs> I ain't, Look, I ain't never you been know, to New York, but I know what that hallway smells like. And the other thing about Jada, too, is, um, and, and this is for any artist, really, of this caliber, you have to stay, um, you have to stay with the time, right? Like, you know, I still have friends that are, you know, industries and, and they're doing their thing. So I still get like, you know, the slang and, you know, you, you're still part of the lifestyle. So to hear him say certain things, you know, I, your old Drew is good at this too. To hear them say certain things in certain ways, you had to have been there to see it. Mm-hmm. And on your old Drew album, um, I think it's his Pax album, or maybe something earlier than that. If you weren't, if you weren't in the streets, or you didn't have, you know, friends or family who, who was in the streets like that, there's some things that's gonna go over your head. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm laughing at them. Yeah, I'm like, hell, yeah, I remember that shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I appreciate that, and 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 that would makes the difference between a hip hop artist and a rapper. A rapper could just go on and rap about anything and put a hook on it and call it a day. But that artist is going to take you from the airport in that car back to where he stays and take you through the back way of getting into that building up the staircase to apartment 4C. Yep. And you're going to see, you're going to hear and see mentally everything that he's describing in that trip. One of the best rap songs or hip hop songs to me ever will always be, um, it's a song from Nas and I can't remember the title right now, but it's on the Stillmatic album and he tells the story in reverse. Oh, that's, um, that's, uh, damn, it's slipping my mind too. Uh-huh. Damn, did he have a video for that? No, no. But the way that the way that he tells the story is, I mean, he even it wasn't reversed. Was saying the clock went from three to two to one. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah. By the way, you just so by the way I, you I, did I, that earlier know. when you said you know break the speaker box out, put it in the window. I I drew up that whole thing in my head. Yo, because that's what it was. That's what it was. Like having a, it, it would later on become a block party. Yep. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Saturday, and, and, Saturday, and, and, Saturdays was different. You had the Saturday, you had cereal, you had cartoons, and then you had open up the door, close the screen door, but open up the door. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cap- you got on, uh, I would enjoy it. Um, you know, you can follow me at Reem Supreme Show on Twitter. Um, easiest thing to get to any other platforms is to go to our website. Which is uh, reemsupremeshow.com. I appreciate you, you as a human being. I was even outside of hip hop. We got to do this again. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, sir. Absolutely.